0: This morning, I want to share with you um, a truth that I think God changed in me because I saw it one way and not to say that what I saw wasn't correct, but there's a different way of seeing it. And um, it's been a while since he showed me this and I've been hoping to get to this point. So here we are. Um, But we have to make sure you answer on there about, you know, What are you called to? What did God create you for? What is your desire? What are are you passionate about? Or. Where have you found yourself in life? That maybe you you didn't expect. I'm going to help you out a little bit, just in case. You don't know what to put down. Maybe you were created to be a mom or a dad or a mechanic or a massage therapist or a teacher, an employee, a car body repair person, a health care worker, maybe a caretaker in the homes or whatever. A painter or a construction worker, an accountant, a business owner, a car salesman or a salesman in general, uh, a gardener. A doctor or a truck driver, a secretary or a receptionist, a big machine operator or a pastor. Or maybe you find yourself being a single parent, a daycare worker, a carpet layer, an insurance salesman bringing peace of mind to many, a youth and children's minister, a volunteer at a church. A gas station manager, a student from PK to college and beyond. Some people are lifers. They go to college for the rest of their life. Maybe you're created to be a nurse, a firefighter, a first responder, a CNA, a medical assistant, a factory worker. Or maybe all things computers and you're an internet junkie. A hairdresser, an artist, a singer, a songwriter, a musician, or even a sound man. Or maybe you found yourself being divorced, widowed, physically sick, too young, too old. Just right. Wealthy, broke, just making ends meet, lonely, depressed, having the time of your life. Maybe you were abused in some way when you were younger. Maybe you're handicapped in some way. And the list goes on. Some of the things that you are, you plan for them, and some of them were very unplanned. And they happened to us without our permission. We live in a fallen world, and yet God has called us to rise above the pit that we were born into. The pit that we have made for ourselves or the pit that someone stuck us in and we've never found a way out. You know, those words that are spoken over us and we believe those words more than we believe what God says about us. Oh, by the way, if you'll turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7, please. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Regardless of who we are and what our circumstances are, we know one thing that we belong to God first. We were created for Him and by Him. By God, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. We were created for them. For Him. And we need to make sure we have that understanding. There are times in life where we find ourselves in places and circumstances we never dreamed of. Some of them good dreams, some of them nightmares but we just find ourselves faithful to God and He has a way of leading us little by little. You know, things may make sense, they may not make sense, but we, we see them. Don't put the Scripture up yet, please. Wait till I read it. Because everybody's looking up there. <clears throat> um, but... We see God leading us little by little and and circumstances move us in a different direction. And then we find out that, you know what, it was God all along. He was the one who was leading us. He was the one who was directing us and we thought life was just happening. And it was, but he's also involved in our lives as well. Sometimes it seems as we get to the place that God wants us to be by accident. We may not have been sure of what we are doing or if our lives were making any sense, but in the end, we can see God leading us and directing us. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, it says this, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for His treasured possession and of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. In other words, we're the apple of his eye. He, he created us. He chose us. Isn't that amazing? Verse 7 says, it was not because of it, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you. Isn't that amazing? That he set his love on us and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. So he's talking to the nation of Israel and he's like, look, I didn't choose you because you were so great. I chose you and you were the fewest of all the numbers. And how many times have we looked at our lives and we thought, well, I'm not going to amount to anything. God says, trust me. Trust me. Verse 8. And oh, this is so good. But it is because the Lord loves you. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord loves you. All right, look at your neighbor again and say, but he loves me too. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he did this because of his love for us. Verse 9, know therefore, if I say I know, all right, know therefore that the Lord, your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. You know what? If nobody ever chooses you, you have to understand that you're chosen by him. If you were younger and nobody chose you to be on their team. It's all right. God chose us to be on His team. Hallelujah. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 verse 8. We'll start there. Isaiah 41 8. But you, O Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen. He's chosen. us, The offspring of Abraham, my friend. You, whom I look or whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from the furthest corner, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. So he's chosen us. Everybody all right with that? All right. Now, look, if he's chosen you, then the next verse is what you're supposed to do. All right. You ready for this? All right. Everybody smile at me because this is good. All right, y'all have nice smiles. Verse 10. Well, actually, let's go back to nine because I didn't finish reading it. You are my servant who I have chosen. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Verse 10 now, fear not. So now this is our responsibility. We can't fear. Well, that means that there are going to be fearful things that are before us, right? There are going to be things that we're not going to understand, that we're going to question and we're not going to be able to figure out. But he says, fear not. For I am with you. Do or be not dismayed. So there's going to be times when you're going to have the opportunity to be dismayed. And he's telling us, don't do it. Don't do it. And why not? For I am your God. And then he says, I will strengthen you. He will. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that awesome? So we're his chosen ones and he's not going to cast us off. So we're not to fear. He is with us. We're not to be dismayed for He is our God and He will strengthen us. He will help us and He will uphold us. Mm. John chapter 15, please. John chapter 15. This is one of my favorites. actually, you know, John 14, 15, 16, 17. If you ever... Get lost. Read those chapters. You'll, you'll come back. John fifteen sixteen says, You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. So, we haven't chosen it. He has chosen us and He has appointed us. Okay? And when He's appointed us, that means He's called you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And that's why I wanted you to write down what has God called you to? Why did He create you? What did He appoint you for? Because John fifteen sixteen is talking about destiny. And then jump down with me to verse 19, if you will. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. All right. So if the world doesn't agree with you, if they talk bad about you, is it okay? Yes, it's okay. If they don't agree with you, it's okay. Why? Because God chose us. And he says, I chose you out of the world. So he's choosing us, but he's taking us out of the world. He's placing us into another kingdom, his kingdom. He has a plan and a purpose for us. He has a destiny for us. And so we have to conclude from these two scriptures that there's a reason that God has chosen us. There's a reason he chose you. There's a reason he chose you to live in this moment. First Corinthians chapter one, please. First Corinthians chapter one. And if you've ever been here any length of time, you know, this is one of my favorites, too. So. I have a lot of favorites. Yes, I do. And I like to share my favorites. First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty six. For consider your calling. And he's writing to the whole church. So every one of us has a calling for consider your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standard. Not many of you were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose. And now he's going to talk about talk us. About <laughs> but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So God is not looking for the high and mighty; He's looking for the low. He's looking for the ones that will come to Him and and see the need, the dependence that they have upon Him. That's who He's come for. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse eighteen. First Corinthians twelve eighteen. But as it is, God arranged the members of members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. (laughs) So quit arguing about you can't sing like Diana can sing. I can't either. That's why I married her. So I can hear her. That's not just the only reason, but it sure is a good benefit. But you know, we sit there and we compare ourselves with others. Just quit, quit, quit. He places us where He wants us. As He's chosen. And when we argue with that, we're we're arguing with God. And if you haven't figured this out, you're not going to win that argument. 1 Peter chapter 2, please. 1 Peter chapter 2. Starting in verse 4. As you come to Him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God... Chosen and precious. Look at your neighbor and say, boy, you're precious. And look at him again and say, but I'm more precious. But in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Could you have imagined that in your life? Maybe even now you can't imagine that you're going to be a holy priesthood unto the Lord, but that's what He's called us to. And then He says, to offer spiritual sacrifices, your life. And then he says, as an acceptable as or acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture: behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. Isn't that awesome? So when you give your life to Christ, when you place your faith in Him, He's not going to cause your life to be ashamed and to be put to shame. How awesome is that? And then jump down to verse 9 if you will. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen race. Hallelujah. He's chosen us. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. How do you feel? You don't always feel like that, but that's who you are. That you may proclaim the ex- excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now, everybody I say now. You are God's people. Once. Once. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 17, verse 14 says, They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. He's talking about the end. This is how we are, we're chosen faithful Colossians 3:17 we're turning the corner here and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. you see we've got to see that God has called us he has a plan and a purpose for our lives He set us apart and then he says and whatever you do, In word or deed, do every excuse me, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So what has he called you to? What has he created you for? What have you found yourself in in this season of your life? Then whatever it is, this is how God wants you to respond. Live it, do it. In word or deed, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jump down to verse 23, Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, again, whatever, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord. So what is your whatever? What does your whatever look like right now? Maybe you wanted to be one thing and it hasn't come to pass and you're something else. Can you still trust God in it? Can you still believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? Can we still give ourselves to Him? If you'll turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61. Please don't put it up until I start reading it. Isaiah 61. You see, I wanted us to understand that we're called, that God has a plan and a purpose for us, that He's chosen us, that He wants us to do something. We're going to see some of the things He wants us to do in just a minute. But we have to know that He has a plan and a purpose for us. And I used to think, okay, that in order for me to know all of that, I had to have the Holy Spirit. And that is true. I had to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon me to be able to do what God had called me to do. And that is true, but that's not the complete truth. And we're going to see how in Isaiah we see this and Jesus says it. And we have to shift our thinking because... Well, let me just read Well, let me just read it. Before I read it, I just got to tell you, since I've understood this, my life has been totally different. I have seen life differently because I'm realizing that God has called me. That He has appointed me. That I'm here for a reason. Because I used to think some other way. So let's just read these. And we're going to read Isaiah. Then we're going to read uh, Luke. So if you want to go to Luke chapter 4, put your finger there because we're going to, going to go there right away. Okay. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. And see if you can see the shift that I saw. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound the planning of the Lord, that He may be glorified. Hallelujah. And then verse 4 says, they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall, rot, they shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the, devast- the devastations of many generations. Do you know that the word two is used 11 times? In those first few verses. 11 times. In other words, this is what he's called us to. To do. But then this is who he's called us to do it for. Okay. So I encourage you to go back and read Isaiah 61. But we're going to see this again. In a smaller version. In Luke chapter 4. So if you're there. Luke chapter 4. Verse 16. And he came to Nazareth. This is Jesus. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So everybody knew him in the natural here. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Here it is, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then, and, and he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I don't know if you saw the change, if you caught it, if God spoke to you, but here's what I saw. You see, I used to think that I was anointed because the spirit of the Lord was upon me, but that's not what the scripture says. Jesus is quoting Isaiah and Isaiah, what he quotes up there at the beginning is exactly the same. Listen to it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because everybody I say because. He has anointed me. OK, here's what I want us to see. This is the shift that I saw that God had anointed me. He has called me. He has a plan and a purpose for my life. Because he created me for something. And because he created me for something, in order for me to do it, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I used to think that I had to wait for the anointing to have the spirit of the Lord come. He doesn't say that he says, I am anointed, therefore, the Holy Spirit has come upon me. And we have to understand that God has called you, he has anointed you for a particular purpose. For a particular plan. And because of that. The Holy Spirit is being poured out upon us. Because Isaiah said that there's so many things that we're to do. That we need that anointing. And God says but look. You were anointed to do this. But in order for you to do it properly. I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon you. That's totally different. Because if we're waiting for that feeling of the Holy Spirit to say do this. Forget it. God's already created you with a plan and a purpose. Just do it. And when you start doing it, just like Jesus said, he read that scroll. He found it. He read it. And then he sat down and he said, today, this scripture is being fulfilled. When? When Jesus started doing it. But we sit here and we play patty cake with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. And we're just trying to figure out, oh, Holy Spirit, if you'll just anoint me. He does anoint you, but you are already anointed to do something. Start doing it. Start living the life that God has called for you. And then watch the Holy Spirit come and anoint you even further. But if you're just sitting there waiting, well, I can't do that. Who said you can't do that? Paul said in Colossians, we read it twice. He said, whatever you do. Whatever you do, so you, you could sit here and you say, well, I don't know what I could. Do. What how long have, what have you done to get here? Keep doing it, if you want to do something different, you think God is leading you into a different way, then do it. Go do it, whatever. Whatever. Now, look at your card, if you will, what are you called to do? What has God created you for? Look at it. He's anointed you to do that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you to do that. In other words, God purposed that first. He creates us and then he said, right, I'm going to just pour my spirit on you now. You keep doing it and I'll keep pouring them on. You You keep doing it and you'll keep walking with them. And then the amazing thing is, is you, you, if we'll do that, he'll take us places that we never even dreamed of. I, c- can I be honest with you? We never thought we would live in Burlington, Iowa for 31 years. Who would want to? I mean, I come from Virginia Beach. Diana meets me in Virginia Beach. She, I think she loved Virginia Beach more than me at the beginning. And she thought we were going to live in Virginia Beach. And she said, that's of God. And then we get married. We go down to Dallas. We're thinking we're going to live there. Who doesn't want to live in Dallas? Well, we didn't. After we had Alicia, we didn't want to live in Dallas. And so, We started praying and we started seeking God, trying to figure out where he wanted us to go. We felt called into the ministry, but that's not the only reason that the Holy Spirit anoints us and comes upon us for whatever you're doing. And so as we're praying and her dad takes over this church and he asked us, well, would you come and work with me? And he was honest with us, said, I only want to be there two or three years and then I'm going to go. So. We started praying and at the very least we thought, okay, well, if we say yes to that in two or three years, when he leaves, we'll leave. This will be our stepping stone. Maybe it was a step down. I don't know. But anyways, so we come here. And then I'm wrestling with God because I'm, I'm doing construction and I'm, you know, working here. And I felt called as a missionary I want to do evangelistic work I wanted to win people for Jesus and I'm, I'm, I start to struggle with the Lord because I'm like God this isn't fair this isn't right I don't know what you're doing but you blindsided me because he was getting ready to leave my father-in-law was getting ready to go and, and I'm like I don't want to go I want to stay I love these people I love Burlington And then. God spoke to me, he said, look, he said, you can go out on your own and you can do missions work and I'll, I'll bless it. If you've heard the story before, sorry. But this is how God works and he said, but if you'll stay and if you'll impart a missions heart to the people, he said, I'll do more through that church in missions than if you go out on your own. And I'm like, that's a no brainer than God. You got us. At least until she said yes, because I had to tell her too, you know. But she was in agreement. But that's how God works. And 31 years later, we're still here. Still trusting God. Still believing God for great things. Still anticipating great things from Him. Still watching people's lives be changed. And we wouldn't trade it for anything. So, Whatever God has called you to, the Spirit of the Lord is resting on you to do it. He's anointed you for that. You were anointed before the Holy Spirit came. Now you just get a double portion of it. You know, at the beginning of this message, and I was trying to help you if you didn't know who you were, I said things like a mechanic. A mom and dad, a mechanic, a massage therapist, a teacher, an employee, a car body repair person, a healthcare worker. I went down the list. Do you know who that is? That's all of us. That's all of us. That's all the things that we do. And so God says, whatever you do, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might and with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. See, we have this notion that it's when the Holy Spirit comes upon us that we're called. no. We're called, therefore the Holy Spirit comes upon us. That's what Jesus said. Let me read it again. Jesus said, the Spirit of the... uh, Luke 4.18, if you can bring that up. Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because. Because. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Those are all the things that God anointed him for. And he's reading the scroll out of Isaiah and he says, because God has anointed me for that, the Holy Spirit is resting upon me. Now, in our thinking, it would have been, well, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and now he's anointed to do these things. No. It says that he was anointed. And because he was anointed, the Holy Spirit rested on him. All right, stand with me if you will, please. So whoever you are, whatever you wrote down on your card. And and maybe today you'll go home and you'll write something greater down. Maybe you have a dream that hasn't been fulfilled yet. Write it down. That's what God has called you to. And then declare that His Spirit is upon you. Father, I thank You for this day and the love that You have for us. And I thank You for creating each and every one of us. Lord, You created us, you placed us in this this world, and then you chose us out of this world. That we might glorify you. And Father, there are things that you have created us to do. You have appointed us to do them. You have anointed us to do them. We don't have to try and figure it out. We don't have to come up with them. But this is what you've placed in our hearts. This is what we're passionate about. This is what we're hungry for. And so, Lord, because we know that we came from You and we were made by You and for You, and You've called us, You've anointed us, thank You that You are placing Your Spirit upon us as well. And Father, may we walk in that. In Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we thank You for this food that is been prepared for us. Lord, we ask you bless it and bless the fellowship that we have that goes with it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. All right. Go, you anointed ones.